Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. I've thought about it a lot, and it took me a long time, but I finally decided to choose Squirtle. Oh. Already taken by someone who was on time. Oh, I wish I hadn't overslept. But now I will choose as my Pokemon Bulbasaur. Whoa. That one was also taken by a kid who wasn't late. Oh, well, that's no problem. Because my Pokemon will be Charmander. Ah. The early bird gets the worm, or in this case, uh, the Pokemon. Does that mean all the Pokemon are gone? Well, there is still one left, but I... Uh... Professor, I'll take it! I think I should warn you, there is a problem with this last one. I have to have a Pokemon. Well, in that case... Grandmaster Function Dispatch. Welcome to another episode of Wonder Soul. This is episode 110, Wonder Talk, featuring Looting Kyle. Please go check him out on Twitch and YouTube. This dude is just a stand-up guy. Definitely fun to talk about Pokemon with, uh, and so much more. Like I think we go over some things about content creation, streaming, Pokemon past, present, future, uh, some video game talk, and obviously I had to ask him about ninja moving to mixer but anyways uh go support his channels on youtube and on twitch you can find the link to his twitch and youtube in the description below and be sure to connect with him on social media on twitter at luton kyle and yeah other than that i hope you guys enjoy our conversation i just want to slide this in real quick uh i am launching or just launched a patreon for wondersoul so if you're interested in supporting the podcast uh, and supporting Wondersoul any more than you already are and already have, thank you so much for giving me your time and attention. And yeah, your guys' help keeps Wondersoul independent, keeps me able to create the content that you guys want and that I want to create. So other than that, guys, thank you so much for your support. And yeah, grab your Pokeballs and Pokedex. We're about to sit down and listen to Wonder Talk featuring Looting Call, episode 110. You guys enjoy. I got a ghetto rig. I got this uh, Dungeons and Dragons starter set that I've never used. You got to open that one of these days. Oh, dude, I've opened it, but then I realized it was just like, use your imagination. I'm like, what? <laughs> what's in this box? It's like, oh, just like it's kind of just a template and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's um, a good. It's a good place to get started, though, for sure. Yeah, I want to, man. I, you know, I've been listening to some like podcasts or like you know dungeon. And dragon themed or they they have their own spin on it there's even a pokemon one that i've been tuning into and i'm like okay so you know people just kind of use that format and then they just do a live recording or you know just kind of go with it it's, it's pretty cool man you get a lot of crazy unique uh, voice acting and uh stuff like that so it's it's, it's cool 
That sounds um, intriguing. Yeah, it's just you know, like getting people. It's it's sometimes it's hard enough to play with people online, let alone get someone in the same actual physical location. So, oh, I know that struggle all too well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love you know because I would love to get into tabletop games. I mean, I think that'd even be something fun to stream. But you know, as far as getting people and getting the right setup, you know, um, I've seen people like I don't know if you watch Angry Joe. Uh, any yeah like he he'll do it from time to time and he'll have like three or four cameras set up and i'm just like jeez i don't know man i don't even have one <laughs> it's like it's hard enough to get like three people in a discord call yeah exactly <sighs> man exactly let alone freaking set all that up but i mean where there's a will there's a way and you know, i've seen a lot of people do um D and stuff like that long distance like just uh get each other on like hangouts or skype and just kind of like phoning in so right uh, let's see i just uh i had some i wanted to test your pokemon knowledge and that's what i wanted to make sure i knew the <laughs> <laughs> the actual answers to anything i was gonna right makes mention. sense yeah yeah that would kind of you know there's gonna be some you know just opinions but there are there are a couple of ones that i wanted to have like a, a correct answer set up but, right, uh, for the challenge are you cool 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 <laughs> Um, I, well, I watched your trailer breakdown and everything, and I'm sure we'll mention it here in the recording, but, um, you know, what was your first impression really? Like, uh, are you excited about the things that they're doing? Like, it seems like they're just trying a lot of new ideas as far as, like, you know. This trailer in particular is pretty exciting because, uh, obviously there's been a lot of controversy about the games recently. Right, right. But this one actually comes out and it's finally kind of putting fans at ease a little bit because it's actually given us stuff that they've been asking for obviously like the return of regional forms from from the sun and moon games and right finally actually getting an, uh, an evolution for an already established pokemon which is something we've not seen since for a minute right from like the diamond pearl games sheesh <laughs> so yeah that's it's gotten people pretty excited yeah man I, I think they're gonna be going in the right direction hopefully you know it's 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 one of those things, especially with games, where you have to wait until you get hands-on to really under, you know, see if you like right, the mechanics. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but the way it looks, man, looks fucking beautiful. I ain't gonna lie. This, you know, it being on the Switch and everything is it, that's my cup of tea. I think that's gonna be really cool. It's gonna expand. That's why they're probably just like, hey, we've been wanting to try these things for years, but we just didn't have the the power to. Yeah, now, now they do. So <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to get too ambitious when you're stuck on handhelds for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like for anybody, right? That's for like you know content creators and stuff. Like I'm sure all of us have like a lot of ideas, uh, but then we kind of realize sometimes like, dang, this. Uh, this is going to take a lot, you know, longer than I thought and a lot more work than I thought. Oh. <laughs> you know, especially when it comes to the, you know, I see you and like people like um, Double Agent Smith and, and, and who are really stepping up your uh, production value, I guess I'll say. Like, you know, with the effects and changing in things with the camera angles and just music and just the presentation in itself. It's, it's you know, that I guess that's something that just uh, evolves over time. But man, uh, let's see. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna wing the questions because I, I you know really most of them are opinionated and I you know I just want to ask these questions. If you if you get it right, I'll, I'll try to check it. If not, we'll <laughs> we'll kind of leave it open to see like, hey, what did you guys think? Because um, yeah, man. Uh, 
I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I did want to ask a couple of things. But most of them are just kind of like, uh, you know, what's your favorite this, you know, most underrated that, kind of things like that. But, um, gotcha. Uh, is there anything that you wanted to bring up, man? Or are you just kind of down for whatever? Or is there anything? Nothing's, nothing's jumping out at me in particular. Okay. But, so I'm just kind of down with whatever you have in mind. Awesome. Awesome, dude. You know I'm going to have to ask you about the ninja... To mixer thing oh know? yeah <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's never been a hot topic recently it's, yeah it has <laughs> man and i mean you know i think it's just uh it's really important to get that perspective and uh from someone who streams on these platforms and knows about this culture a lot more than you know me even though i've been pleasure you know i had the pleasure to meet and connect with certain people that are really into the in the streaming community and stuff like, like that but um you know it's just gonna I think it's a big move, man. I think it's a big move, but Oh yeah, for sure. Um let's see. Well, it's about five PM. Like I said, we'll go for about an hour or so. And uh Yeah, everything sound good, you hear me pretty good? Yep, loud and clear. Sweet, bro. Well last time me and uh GP we just kinda were talking that I forgot to press record <laughs> so, so like i had oh, to kind of no. bring him in well like to a certain point because we were just kind of warming up you know uh i i've, I've always found it kind of hard to just kind of go all right three two one go and like mm-hmm. there's this build up so i kind of like just rolling it off the top of the head and just you know seeing where it goes as far right. as like it kind of makes it feel more like a conversation than it is like a uh, I got the Wikipedia up, even though I know that's not the most trustworthy thing to get information. Um, so better than nothing. It's better than nothing, man. I'll pull it up if I need to. I did want to know your opinion, though. Like, uh, Was it a positive reaction from you as far as Ninja switching over to Mixer? Or was it kind of like a, huh, that's interesting. Like, What was your initial reaction to that? It was definitely uh, quite surprising when I first saw the headlines about him making the move. Uh, I know there's been a couple of Twitch streamers that have been considering the swap, but he he was not one of the names that was was coming to mind when I was thinking about that. Um, but overall, though, I, I definitely am quite positive on on the idea. Um, it's it's kind of no surprise that recently Twitch has been having some controversial issues going on with the the way they handle terms of service and mm. and just kind of the general direction and the way they treat other content creators that are not their big stars. Right. So um, I'm I'm definitely in favor of anything that helps to promote these other up and coming streaming platforms. Uh, so even if it wasn't Mixer, I'm definitely always in favor of seeing other places like D Live. Uh, or what's the other one that um, uh, do, do people consider YouTube gaming a platform to stream or is it just YouTube uh, you know YouTube gaming is kind of in a weird place like I don't think many people seriously consider it a streaming platform it's more of a place where if you already have a big YouTube following you can kind of just keep them there you right. know I don't, I don't know how, how good it is for actually building an audience but you know maybe that maybe that would be something to consider testing the waters on later right yeah i think the thing that that hurts mixer is just it's it's exclusive to microsoft and xbox like you know unless you have a pc and you pc stream uh but you know i have a ps4 and Mm -hmm. so i just stream either through twitch or youtube Um, right and with the youtube for me it just um it, it keeps everything in one place 
um, so that you know if there are subscribers to the YouTube channel, they can peek in and just have easier access to those kind of streams. Um, and I've even thought about like designating certain games and genres to certain platforms, but you know, I don't know. I'm still working that out. Um, was there ever a decision moment for you? Like when you were about to get started streaming, were you looking at both of them kind of doing your pros and cons or was Twitch like always the, the number one for you? At the, at the very beginning, it was, it was pretty much only Twitch. Uh, I first started streaming back in like 2016 or something like that so mixer wasn't really even a thing neither was d live it was like oh either either you do twitch or you make youtube videos those are kind of your only options right right so as far as the streaming went i pretty much only had twitch in mind and just kind of stuck with it for a while the fact that there's potential competitors is a kind of new new occurrence here right right definitely I mean, I think competition is always good, man. And I think that's like where I agree with you having Ninja go over to Mixer just kind of boost, you know, their their clout, their popularity as among, uh, among like just general audiences. Like if you are into streaming in, in video games, you probably know about Mixer and Twitch and all these different platforms. But, you know, a lot of the people that are just new to it uh, probably never even have heard of Mixer just because mm-hmm. Twitch is such that brand right now. Um, what are the biggest differences that you've noticed from the platforms, though? Like um, where do you think uh, Twitch might improve uh, because of having this competition. One thing that Mixer really brings to the table is the a huge emphasis on the actual chat interaction. Yes. So like one of the big features that's goes from the Mixer is the uh, FTL chat or, or fast and light chat, which means mm-hmm. there's almost there's literally zero latency between uh, the video that the streamer is outputting and the actual chat. So you have almost instantaneous conversations going on because there's so little delay in between when the streamer actually sees the messages. Mm. And on top of that, there's also uh, the fact that Mixer rewards people just for viewing and sending messages in chat with the, a currency called Sparks. And then you can use those Sparks to you know like give them and donate them to the streamer. Right. It, it's kind of like their version of Bits. Not exactly, but it, it, it's definitely a free way to support broadcasters just like by that. interacting and watching them yeah that's a really good idea i hope that twitch brings something similar to that you know and uh it, it's it's i think that mixer to me has always been a little bit more organic uh, as far as the fact that it's a smaller platform you know so you run into people i think at at times when i was looking at all the platforms i was thinking to myself that mixer um you know, you would have, if you were streaming, like I've been streaming and and posting Assassin's Creed Odyssey, right? If you look at both of those platforms, like the numbers are crazy different. Um, (laughs) So like, I've always thought like, well, maybe if you stream on Mixer, you have a better chance of, you know, someone popping into your stream where Twitch, you know, has a lot of competitors and a lot of people streaming because it's so easy to do straight off your PlayStation. And, you know, that technology and, and, the uh, the way to do that and broadcast has become uh, you know user friendly for a lot of people that you know don't have the right equipment or the uh, capabilities. Um, but you know, I, I I think it's good for both. And uh, do you do you think um, that like did they mention how much he got paid or what was the deals? Like, how do you think that went? Do you think they just called him or wrote him a letter and was like, hey Ninja, <laughs> hey you want to come over to our team, man? Come on, you know. 
Did you do you think mm. it took a lot to uh, get him over there? I I would think so. I mean, I'm just looking at it, uh, Ninja as a uh, as a businessman, right? And how what the position he was in over on Twitch, and how much he was just bringing in purely through like subs and bits and stuff. You know, like, right. that's not even taken into account whatever he was making behind the scenes with sponsors and whatnot. Right. So for him to drop a lot of that must have been a big blow unless Mixer was one to compensate him. And I think it's it's definitely up there in the millions. Uh, oh, I, yeah. think, I think I remember hearing someone say that because Mixer's doing that free sub thing for, for his channel. Yeah, I, I saw think that. He, I think he's already hit a million subs. Whew. Which... That's obviously, a, obviously, if you break that down into like how much he's making per sub, that's it's a couple million right there. That's crazy, <laughs> man! Like right off the bat, man. I mean, how how does that feel for someone like you who has been a streamer for a few years? Like uh, when you're looking at the streamers that are big or popular, I guess, quote unquote, like a, a ninja who's been you know popular from other games, but obviously Fortnite blew him up, and he's still playing it. Um, would that ever be something that you know? would freak you out as far as like playing a game and then being trapped to only be able to stream that game you know do you like because you seem to have a good variety on your channel on twitch and on youtube uh i know you have your favorites and the ones that you really like and enjoy but you know you've never been like boxed into like you are only a pokemon streamer you know or anything like that um do you feel for ninja do you think he enjoys playing the same game all the time Oh yeah, I, I definitely feel him on that. Um, it's it's something I've always actually been afraid of a bit as a content creator is the whole idea of getting locked into mm. one specific niche, which is a double-edged blade because sometimes having that, that niche that you're a part of is beneficial to your channel's growth. But at the same time, if it's, if it's not something you're going to enjoy in the long term, it can hurt you because I've seen a lot of channels build off of a very specific game and then either either they get tired of it or somehow that game's community just collapses due to something the developer does or whatnot. Mm. And then all of a sudden, all the work they put in the channel is kind of for naught because they don't have anything they can carry over to something else. Now, like, in re- outside of streaming and with streaming, with Looting Kyle on Twitch and your channel, what is the game that you have played the most? Like and stream the most, like and and you can you can separate those. Like in life, what game pops in your head? Like man, I spent hours, weeks, maybe months, who knows, even years playing that game. Like over overall, you know. And what's the game that you think that on your channel you've streamed the most? Ooh, that's a good question. I, <laughs> I probably should have went and looked at my stats before we do this. Oh, you're good. You're good. <laughs> um, I think. Throughout throughout the years, uh, probably the mo- the one I've done the most is Pokemon. Nice. Uh, not not a specific Pokemon game. I there for a while I was actually doing a series where I went through like all the main series games and did a Nuzlocke of them. Oh, okay. so that must have taken a few hours, obviously, since some of those games can go up to a few dozen hours or so. Right, right. Um, yeah, that's that's probably the answer. And by the looks of it, by the looks of things, it's it's only going to be continuing to be just whatever the newest Pokemon game is. Yeah, which is great, man. I mean, obviously, Nintendo and the Switch is uh, it's been successful. Pokemon's had this resurgence after Pokemon Go uh, and and so many other things. Um, 
I guess we could jump into some Pokemon talk, man. Um, before we get into the new stuff and, and different things like that, um, let's, let's run it back, man. Let's, let's run it back for the listeners. Tell people like what your experience with Pokemon has been throughout your whole life. Like, How did you introduce, uh, get introduced to it? Like, Were you uh, playing the card game? Was it just the games? Was it the show? Like, How did you get into Pokemon? So my memory is a little foggy, but as far as I can remember, like the earliest memory of Pokemon I have was playing my original copy of Pokemon Blue on the Game Boy. Nice. That my mom got for me from Blockbuster. Hey. You, <laughs> I, I remember walking home with that one day and it was a very happy camper. I bet. Went home, immediately picked Squirtle as my starter, started oh, my adventure right there so, and so, then. So why Squirtle, man? Was it just because it was Pokemon I, on, Blue? Or? Honestly, I think it was just because it was Pokemon yeah. Blue. Because <laughs> like, I'm neither a huge fan of Turtles or even that huge of a fan of Squirtle these days. Right, so I right. I, I don't know exactly what it was. It just went <laughs> with your gut feeling, man. I feel you. I was just like, oh, it's Blastoise just on the box here. So I guess I gotta pick that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. Oh, man. Pokemon um, but, Blue, man. Ooh. The OG yeah, ones yeah. are the best, man. They're the classics. Oh, yeah. So much nostalgia with those. Too much, man. Too much. You think <laughs> they might, you think they might, real quick, do you think they might get uh, ported to the Switch or anything like that? Uh, they they definitely could. Like I, I I see issues trying to port one of the the DS or the 3DS games, but those older ones that are Ooh. already made for a single screen. Right. I don't see any reason why you couldn't port those over. Ah, oh, would you want them to just get ported or remastered? Like you know, like the older ones, like a fire red, a leaf green. Would you rather have those on or like the actual OGs? Uh. I think a remaster would be fine for the most part, but if they could, it would be nice if they found a way to implement some features that normally you have to play in an emulator to get, like the speed up functions. Ooh, that would be pretty nice. Or or save states. One of the, one of the other would be pretty nice. Definitely, those are some good ideas, man. Now, Blockbuster. Now, when it came to Pokemon Blue, did you just come across it? Did you see a commercial where their friends like, "Hey, man, have you played Pokemon?" Ooh. Like. How, do you rem- I know you said it was a little foggy, but do you remember like seeing something about Pokemon and then going to you know get the game, or was it like oh because you know most people don't remember the blockbuster days where you could just walk down aisles and aisles and go that that cover art looks pretty cool. All right, mm-hmm. I'm gonna grab that and then you would <laughs> take it home. It might be trash, but who knows? You know you might luck out. I'm sure a lot of us played some really good classics and Pokemon. You know uh, was pretty big in the late '90s and the mid '90s. So if you're a kid uh, growing up in that time, man, I mean it was just Pokemon fever and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, uh, you know, I I know I just I think friends at school were talking about it, and I was playing the card game, and then I got the game. So, you know, what, was it just did it, so it started with the games for you though? I'm pretty sure it did, because uh, the thing about the TCG is I I never actually learned to play the TCG, but I, I may have had cards I was collecting at the time. Right. But again, foggy memory, so I can't say for sure. Uh, I'm trying to think what would have uh, inspired me to get the game at that time, and. I, I do have memories of that old TV commercial where it's the uh, like the bus driver and he, <laughs> yeah. he he literally demolishes all the Pokemon in the bus <laughs> by by crushing them. I, I don't know if that might have been an influence on me or not. <laughs> I, I know it was a really popular one at the time though, so who oh, knows? Yeah. yeah, he kidnapped all the Pokemon. It was kind of creepy. He had this like bus driver outfit <laughs> on and he brings them to like this uh, junkyard and yeah, man, he basically killed them but they don't show it in the commercial but uh 
like I know that the anime or uh, you know yeah the show came out on like WB Kids or something like that. I, I'm I'm thinking all of these Pokemon things happen at the same time, like the show, yeah. the card game, and the games. Uh, do you have uh, a lot of memories with the show and like Ash and Brock and Misty and those and those characters, or was it strictly the games and you being the main character in those stories? You know, in the game. Yeah, I do. I do have some experience with the the anime there. I don't think I was a kid that watched it every week, but I definitely remember having at least a few few times when I'd sit down and watch episodes as they were appearing on like WB Kids or, yeah. or whatever channel I was watching at the time. Yeah, man, like those were just. Um, I, I've been seeing like the season one, like the original OG. Uh, what's the first region called again? Uh, uh, the Kanto. Kanto, yeah. So I've been seeing that at like Walmart, like a box set or a little like, hey, get the whole Kanto region uh, series. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I gotta pick this up, man. And I know it's on still today, but the the show I would watch from time to time. I, I, I'm like you, I wasn't like waiting for it every time it was coming on. I didn't follow week to week, episode to episode. But it's not one of those shows. I mean, yeah, if you watched an episode and you saw the next one, they were like, hey, when we left Ash and Misty and Brock, they had just left. You know the cerulean gym and and you know they would kind of try to keep it like a linear story but it was obviously just pokemon you just want to see mm-hmm. pokemon battles new pokemon and stuff like that that you were seeing uh on your on your game boy and stuff like that um right for sure but like uh so when when seeing the switch stuff like uh there was a new trailer out today and guys uh at the time of you listening to this, go to Loon, uh, Loon Kyle's uh, YouTube channel. He's got a trailer breakdown for Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, go check that out for sure. Um, are you excited, man, that they're going into this, uh, I guess, you know, the Switch is a hybrid. I mean, mm-hmm. it's handheld, so you get those Game Boy vibes, but it's definitely a, you know, home console. Like, are you excited about what they're going to be doing after seeing the trailer and everything? Oh, yeah, I'm actually quite excited at this point, especially after today's trailer. Uh, for those that missed it, it, it definitely helped deliver some good news for, for fans that have been waiting for some more more stuff to get excited for. This game. Yeah. So there's been some controversy here and there about the way uh, they're they're handling the, the release of all the Pokemon in the game and and that mm. stuff. But I think I think I think today was a good day for, for the fans. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really excited for for the series to finally be making its way over to the Switch with a, a proper full game. Um, I know we got the the Let's Go games last year, and those were fine. They they were like they were a good bridge between what is a like a main Pokemon game and the Pokemon Go crowd. Right, it, it does that just fine. But I'm ready for like a, an actual main pokemon game that features a new region right. brand new gyms etc etc now are, uh, are, i'm not really upset about the amount of pokemon that they have in the game why do you think that's really upsetting people is it is it because you just expect that each game it builds on top of the other and then you bring whatever came previous or do you think you know just people have their favorite pokemon and if it's not in the game they're they're kind of you know their their feelings are a little hurt because you know it's like having a favorite character in a show and they don't make it, you know, in the video game or something. You're like, dang, what the heck? So do you think it's right. like a personal thing like that or are they just, you know, expectations? I think there's a couple of factors that led to the outrage. Uh, first one is obviously people have just been so accustomed to having a new game come out and you, you just automatically assume that every Pokemon's going to be available right, in some capacity. Right. That's That's been the case for over 22, 23 years now at this point. 
Uh, so for them to finally break that streak, it, it's a little disappointing, but it's, it's something I can totally get behind. If, if you think about it from a developer standpoint, yeah, trying to trying to constantly import thousands and thousands <laughs> of new monsters into a new console generation on a new engine with the limited time frame that these games usually have, it, it's pretty intense. Right, it starts to eat up eat up into the time that you would otherwise spend developing new features. You know. Yeah, definitely. So it makes sense that at some point they were gonna have to they were gonna have to mark a line in the sand and say, okay, this is where we're <laughs> this is where we gotta <laughs> stop, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have to. There's a trade off, obviously. Like, hey, we're gonna bring in new features. Uh, we're gonna like touch up on certain things, but you know, we only have so much room. I mean, some of the games that I see on the Switch, I'm I'm always blown away. Like, damn, this is playing on the Switch. Like when I heard Witcher Three was gonna be come to the Switch. Uh, when you see even something like Breath of the Wild, you're like, wow, like this is pretty massive for a game that's on a little bitty, like almost like a micro SD card kind of, you know, looking thing. And, you know, the Switch is just, I think, really blown people away because the expectations was, I don't know. How, how, how did you feel like after the Wii U? Did you own a Wii U, Kyle? You see, I actually did not own a Wii U. Yeah, me either. <laughs> yeah. And the, th- the thing about the Wii U was... Um, even though I had a Wii, I was not like a huge fan of the Wii. I don't, I don't know why exactly. There were there were some good games on it. Motion it controls did, were not your friend. Like I, I didn't like them. It, it I might think, have been that, but like yeah. at the end of the day, I just wasn't super in love with my Wii the way it was with you. the N sixty four, the GameCube. Uh, so when they announced the Wii U, I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, there's just there's no games on here that are really appealing to me. The tablet thing is kind of cool, but I kept hearing. People complain that oh, it's, it has a short range. It has a really short battery life. And I'm they're like, Ugh, if I had to sit there and like recharge this tablet every three hours, you know, like what's the point of having a console? You know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I eventually just ended up skipping on the Wii U because I was I was too busy invested in. I think at the time I was playing Xbox 360 and PS4, not PS4, PS3. Gotcha. So that was that was kind of eating up my time. Uh, I almost, I almost caved in and got a Wii U when Ooh. they got around to releasing Mario Maker. Um, I understand, but, I understand. But eventually, eventually, <laughs> I was just like, it's, it's not worth buying a whole console for that one game. Yeah, yeah. Are there, are there any games from the Wii U that you hope that they bring over to the Switch that they haven't yet, or have you been pretty pleased with that strategy of like, yeah, a lot of people didn't buy this system, but there were some good <laughs> games, so let's bring it over to the Switch because obviously it's selling well. There, yeah, there was definitely a couple. Uh, Mario Maker was the big one. Definitely, uh, we we did get eventually get Mario Maker two for Switch, so that kind of hey. that kind of solved that issue. A uh, couple of other games I was really interested in at the time were um, there was a there was a couple Donkey Kong games on there. We we did eventually get a Switch version of Tropical Freeze. Hey, that's right. I think we're still waiting on Donkey Kong Country Returns or whatever that was called, or maybe that was a Wii um. game. I, I forget. Yeah, I forget. <laughs> uh, but there, there was a couple here and there, but I th- for the most part, like the big one I wanted, it's already on Switch. So yeah, and and so you never bought into like the the Nintendo DS or 3DS any or well, you you played Pokemon, right? So did you have yeah. the handouts? The thing about the DS and the 3DS is those were those are pretty much just Pokemon machines <laughs> for me. <laughs> Yeah, uh, for most people probably. For, yeah. for most people probably, I want to say I at least got some more use out of my DS. I, I forget which games I had now, but there, there were a couple. But it, it was ninety percent a Pokemon machine for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, look, I love Nintendo. Nintendo is like crucial for probably me. 
you lots of people getting into video games, you know, especially when mm-hmm. you're younger. And uh, they've definitely done a lot of cool uh, creative things to kind of just keep games fresh. But, like, some things they kind of just they just shove down your throat, like, with the Wii, with motion controls. It was like, hey, that's kind of cool, but you don't have to make everything so tedious. Like, you know, there's a Zelda game on the Wii uh, that I think it's Skyward Sword. Mm-hmm. Or one of yep. them that it's just so tedious because all the motion controls and blah blah blah, and that's how I felt about the 3DS. Like I'm not a big fan of 3D movies unless it's like IMAX and it's got to be shot in IMAX. Because if it's just like, hey, it's 3D, you know, sometimes I'll get a headache. It just doesn't always seem like it's right. Uh, did you like the 3D aspects? I mean, like I like that they try new things. Obviously, look at the Switch, but some sometimes Nintendo's just like they really want you to buy into it. They're like, no. You don't get it like for real motion mm-hmm. controls are the thing so were you into the 3ds the the 3d aspect of it was pretty neat for the first couple days yeah right <laughs> the whole oh wow it's actually 3d without the need of 3d glasses that's yeah. that's kind of neat but yeah it definitely was it was really it made you really prone to motion sickness or just Ugh. general uh confusion of what was actually going on <laughs> thankfully <laughs> thankfully the, the 3ds uh get had an option to turn that off completely true. that's so true that was a big relief it's not like you could go to the wii and turn off motion controls <laughs> right right have, that you wasn't... Got, have you got it into like vr any not yet that that is something i definitely want to jump into in the me future too. at some point i'm just kind of kind of waiting for the right time me too and the right price and the right setup, you know. That yeah, that's the thing. Like right now, it's it's expensive. I think the the cheapest option is the PlayStation VR, and that's still like what two hundred, two hundred fifty dollars or something. Yeah, like it's that. almost like the the price of a console, which to me is like yeah. out, you know, outrageous. But you know, like they still support it. You know, I give them credit for that. Like No Man's Sky has an update coming out where that's going to be VR supported, and that's a cool game to have VR. You know, I don't that know would be you, a really good one. Oh yeah, because it's such a tranquil game. It's kind of like the minecraft of space in my eyes like you know with the updates not not when it launched god it was yeah Mm. um but um has there been any games from pokemon from nintendo that you've been disappointed in that you've been super excited for and then they just never lived up to expectations anything like that especially after things like e3 trailers stuff like that uh you know are you are you ever nervous about something like the new pokemon coming out and seeing the trailers and going okay this looks good but you know until i get my hands on it i'm not really sure you know um as far as like the main games go not not really yeah. um and I, I know a lot of people do criticize them for this fact i'm about to say but uh they, they do tend to stick to a formula quite True. closely and it's a formula that i've grown quite accustomed to and do enjoy so for the most part, it's hard for me to get disappointed in in a new Pokemon game just because I already know what to expect for the most part. Yeah. Uh, the only time I ever get kind of eh, disappointed is when it's uh, when, when it's what a spinoffs or like a mobile game that's actually trying to do something yes. unique and different. Not a big fan of mobile games for real. Like, not, I, I, not I will my say I was a big fan of Pokemon Go for a while, but yeah, yeah, even yeah. that eventually I was just like, okay, they're. <laughs> yeah, they're, like, they're getting get into it. a rhythm that I'm not I'm not super into. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna just pass on this well, for now. So as a fan of anything, man, like how do you where do you find balance in that? Where you know you you know what you like about something, but 
you don't want it to get stale, mm-hmm. but you don't want it to change too much. Like all the things that they're adding to Sword and Shield, to me, I feel like sometimes people react and they're like, whoa, this is just like weird and different. It's like, well, okay, you got some uh, – this group over here saying that it's always the same. And now like when they actually add things or change things, then you got you know some, some fans of anything kind of go like, whoa, whoa, whoa there. What are you doing? So where do you find the balance, man? Mm, that's actually a really tough question. Uh, yeah, I, I think one thing that really helps me out is because I play so many other games as True. well. Uh, if I'm ever just not feeling Pokemon, I can set it down for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, even. Yeah, and just come back to it when I'm ready. Yeah, uh, but you know, like one thing that's also really helped is the fact that in in recent years I've become more of a content creator rather than just a, a gamer. Right. So. I've been able to look at games in slightly different ways, try to get more out of it. Like one thing that I've been doing recently, I've been a lot of these Nuzlocke challenge runs. I've been able to go back through all the old games, play through them again with almost like an entirely different way, different different style of play, which has been really actually breathtaking. Yeah, man, that's definitely cool. I mean, there's a, there's a motivation to it, you know, like there's this like drive to, uh, once you start it, you finish it, you know, and, and it's not just you experiencing it. You know, you're sharing that experience either in a, uh, in a live stream or like on a video or playlist on YouTube, like a Let's Play or playthrough, whatever. Just I think that's the beautiful thing about content creation when, when it's done right, like what you're doing on Twitch and YouTube and everything. Just the fact that you can be yourself – uh, and, and show this passion for whatever it is that you enjoy. And, and it's been so cool to see gaming, you know, even though the modern generation has its flaws, like it's cool to see like, you know, a lot of these fans that, you know, for a while there, and I, I mentioned it in the last episode with uh, Ghost Planet, just about anime, just how fandom in a, in a sense, like a lot of this, when we were growing up, wasn't like the, oh, dude, you're the coolest kid on the block because you're playing Pokemon. No, like it wasn't accepted like it is now. Like when Pokemon Go blew up, dude, when you went out into in town or wherever you went, <laughs> you know, you would see people that you never would have guessed would play anything close to Pokemon, even if it is on their phone. Like, you know, how has that been for you moving into a content creation you know uh state of mind and, and and vibe as you know not being just a gamer now you're 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 sharing these experiences like what pushed you to to make that transition the the, the main the main drive for me was the fact that um i don't know if it's just because of my age or the the people i was exposed to but uh content creators and like the whole live streaming slash youtube and as an entertainment platform have just kind of been part of me growing up through my late teens and high school Mm -hmm. years and stuff like that i've kind of evolved with the infancy of these of these new forms of media in a sense so I've, I've, i've kind of just kind of attached myself to that it's become my main form of entertainment and because i was such a fan of watching that myself I wanted to also do that, you know, like it's just kind of natural that if there's something you really enjoy watching or partaking in, you want to also try to try to do that yourself. Yeah. In some form or fashion, like Mm -hmm. that's kind of what I tell people, like, you know, if you play video games a lot and you spend a lot of time doing it, you might as well stream it. You might as well do something with it because I I know it's not for everyone. I, I, I am actually not a very vocal person when I'm playing games. And that's why I've always been kind of, you know, um, 
I don't know, indifferent about like my ability to stream, right? Because when you watch people on YouTube, when you watch people like yourself who just carry yourself really well, come off like you, you, you know what you're doing since you know the start, but we know that it takes time to get there and that every day is a work in progress, right? So, mm-hmm. but it did, was there anything that you just felt like? You know, I enjoy this. I'm gonna go ahead and start streaming. I'm gonna just go ahead and start creating this and and, and putting this out there. Um, what was like the really big motivation other than just like being a part of that culture? Because now, you know, there's a difference. You can do that, or you can be really good at it and 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 actually have a passion for it. And you can tell the difference when you jump into someone's stream and they're just kind of willy nilling it. You, you can mm-hmm. tell. You know. It's so like, I don't know what what really drives you to keep changing and growing and pushing the the limits that you know of uh when it comes to streaming because you've definitely added more things to the stream and you're doing a lot more on youtube uh what what's the inner drive there at the very beginning it was very much the idea that i have all these games i'm gonna be playing these games anyway so I might as well be trying to get more out of my time I'm spending on doing this. Right. So that's when I was just like, okay, let me just let me just hit that go live button and play my games. Right. Um, and you know, long long gone are the days when you could literally just be that guy that plays a game and people come and watch. That that era of content creation has kind of gone past us. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's like five six years in the past already. Uh, so nowadays, to, to really stand out, you definitely have to go a bit more above and beyond than just that. You, right. have, to, you have to perfect your quality. Well, not, maybe not necessarily perfect, but you have to definitely elevate yourself above uh, the average level of quality. You have to do do various things to help you stand out. So either either it's something you do in the production, or it's it's in the way you're playing the game. Either you do yeah. something really challenging, or you you bring people in you build a community aspect around what you're doing right and and for you man like what were you ever nervous like was there ever a stage fright moment because like see for me man me getting behind a mic and doing the podcast or doing something audio um even then i didn't like the sound of my voice Mm -hmm. and and so that took some time to get used to and then you know the thought of doing anything video you know, for some reason, man, it's like a, I got a blockade in my mind. I freak myself out. I don't know if it's a form of stage fright, but, uh, you know, are you just comfortable in front of the camera? Is it something that you just have to get used to? It, it, what's been, like, your strategy? Or did you even have, a, you know, stage fright, I guess, is, <laughs> you know, or anything like that, you know? As far as streaming and being an entertainer, you know? Like, you could just right. put on a camera and then play a game, but... That's not going to be entertaining. You bring mm-hmm. more to that. So how did you get from, you know, there to there? I honestly surprised myself that I'm at where I'm at today. Just because uh, in, in real life, you know, in, in face-to-face interactions, I'm actually a very social anxiety kind of kind of person. I, I don't like to talk to people if I don't have to. Uh, I like to just do my own thing. It's kind right. of about my business. So the fact that as my hobby, my main form of <laughs> hobby, I'm just like, hey, let me put let me put a camera on my face and let me say, yeah. hey, people, come over here, come watch me, come talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird and backwards, but uh, I, I definitely have grown quite used to it over time. And um, I think I think it's it's become my my way to 
to get my social interaction in. Like mm. I said, I don't like to do the whole in real life face to facing unless it's with like friends or family I already know. Right, right, right. Uh, but streaming has helped me help me get to know a lot of people. Not not necessarily in a less formal way because I right, still get right. to know a lot of these people quite well. And know I know their names. I know what they do for jobs, what they do as their hobbies, <laughs> what their personality is like. I get to know people still, yeah, but yeah. because because it's they're not necessarily a face that I'm looking at with me to them. They're 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 a name in the chat. It's almost a little easier in that sense. It's easier to hold a conversation with them because I'm not necessarily as focused or as concerned about, oh my God, what are they thinking of me right now? Yeah, like, obviously yeah. they're here. They're, they're here. You know, <laughs> they're here. obviously they, they, they're okay with what they're seeing. The hard already. part's over. Getting people in here. It's done. They're here. <laughs> right. Exactly. So now it's keeping them here, but you know, it's definitely something where you don't get stuck in your head, man. Like you definitely carry your, yourself with this like confidence and swagger that when I even first started watching you, I think like I got introduced to your channel and everything, like probably November, 2018. Uh, as we're recording it's like august 2019 um but you know from from then to now even just seeing like your confidence you're 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 really witty got some cool sense of humor you know i I love it it's it's entertaining man and you're you're definitely finding your niche as a brand like you you know you know what kind of i know what kind of atmosphere i'm about to jump into when i click on your stream you know Mm -hmm. and it's and it's and it's something that I think people it overwhelms them when they want to get started with something like that. They look at everything all over and they're like, "Oh my gosh, like what's my 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 emails going to be? What's my mascot going to be? You know, what's a, what's it? What's my name going to be? Mm-hmm. You know, all those things." Uh, did did that just happen over time with you? Uh, has that been the best strategy, or is it something where you've had like a, a concrete, you know, foundation for a while now, and it's just been like nitpicking the little little things here and there? It was definitely something that I had to uh, kind of come up with and develop over time. Yeah, uh, n- nothing. It's gonna just happen overnight. You're not gonna. You're not gonna build Rome in a single day. It's just True. not gonna happen. <laughs> uh, I've gone through multiple like revisions of what who I am or what I do. Uh, different name changes, different kind of vibes to the channel until eventually we are, we're here where we're at now, where I'm this uh, kind of kind of chill adventure kind of guy i'm all about about, hey you want to come hang out go on an adventure with us from the comfort of your own home you're in the right place that's nice also got some cool memes going on from time to time you're into (laughs) that true (laughs) yeah definitely entertaining man and that's what i'm saying it's just like a fun there's this uh swagger and confidence that i see where you're you you just feel like you're being yourself and you're having a good time doing it um Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for anybody that would want to do not just streaming, but like content creation, just trying something that maybe is out of their comfort zone, you know, because like you said, bro, like you were just mentioning how you're not really a social butterfly outside, you know, in the, in the real world. And a lot of people are like that. I'm like that. I'm like an uh, uh, introvert, but I can also be, you know, social, sociable when needed, when called upon, like, you know, or when I want to turn it on. But I actually enjoy being alone by myself doing my own thing you know (laughs) whatever that may be (laughs) video games listen to music you know i like to i think like you got to get comfortable with being around just yourself and um so for a lot of people i think it's just something that we see so many people do on the outside we never think on the inside that we could do it so Mm -hmm. 
do you have any advice for anybody that would might be interested in streaming or even podcasting because you know all these kind of bring some of the same juices like you gotta you know be creative you gotta step outside of your comfort zone so you got any advice for anybody that could be listening that might be debating on doing that my i have a couple of things the first one would be um my first piece of advice would be just just do it if you have any interest just jump in i i'm gonna say it right now your first stream your first podcast your first whatever it doesn't matter how good it is or how bad it is you need to get in there you need to start building up that that the the experience you need to start figuring out who are you on camera how are you presenting yourself and that's stuff that you can't just like research offline and try to figure exactly. out the yeah. only way you're ever going to determine who you are on camera and what you do is just by doing it over and over for, for a period of time. Yeah. Definitely so, practicing. So yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with starting that stream and streaming to zero people for a few hours. As long as you're in there and trying to give it your all, you will eventually you eventually start to learn in in your own head where you want to take it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the second piece of advice is uh, what I would give is keep in mind like who your favorite content creators are for various podcasts or streams or YouTube videos, and think to yourself, what is it about this person that I really like? Mm. Is it their personality? Is it their their production? Like what what is what is the hook? What what is it that keeps bringing me back to these people? Yeah, and you can keep that in mind. And I I wouldn't say necessarily copy what they're doing, but put your own spin on that. Yes. Uh, that concept. Uh, now who 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 is that for you? Like if you had to name some people that maybe some people that uh, you know others would know, even some people that are smaller that you know maybe people don't know. That you know that are super popular or anything like that. Who who's that for you? Who's been your kind of biggest influences? There were two streamers I watched almost exclusively when I first started watching people on Twitch. Those were Co Carnage hey. and It Me JB. Okay. Both of them. Uh, I already ha- I already had some knowledge of them because I remember I remember first being exposed to them when there was there was that Twitch competition going on. Uh, there was like hmm. a like a best up and coming streamer thing going on that's kind of how where i jumped in at and that's how i discovered some of them uh but they they all kind of inspired me in the the kind of productions they put on the kind of personality the kind of entertainment they they offer just this the the general good vibes they have going on yeah yeah okay cool 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 um yeah like it's yeah you people have to just admit to themselves that we're all you know they call these things influencers for a reason like when you're putting stuff out there and it's good works and it's positive and um you know it can have that kind of effect like you said like what is it that's bringing you to those streams what is it that's making you download and listen to those episodes or watch those videos like there's got to be something and you may not have given it a lot of thought but i'm sure if you sat down for a second you would be able to see a trend too you'd be like okay this is the general vibe that I like and you know I think I could do that I could bring something to that and that's the best thing about it is that we are able to easily share with each other um, you know creativity our our imaginations and and just our personalities and that's what really drives a lot of content creators is their personalities Um, you know 
and that's definitely what you know brings me to your stream when i get in i know that i i can just have a good conversation watch some awesome gameplay now now i gotta ask two things man from my perspective okay how do streamers play games so well and still like carry on conversations and, and, and focus on the chat? But but like you, I was watching you stream Borderlands the other night, and I'm like, you're just running around doing the thing, like you're focused on it, but then you're just you know still carrying on a conversation. So I'm like, hey man, this is a talent. That's like a skill. Like I I I get lost. I'll talk to the chat if I've ever streamed, and I'll be like, dang, what am I doing again in the game? <laughs> but like, what what do you do? How do you do that, man? That that's <laughs> Uh, a skill or a talent I don't know what you want to call it but that's something I've had to work on a lot over the past few years yeah um, obviously if I was playing something that was like really intensive like let's say I'm playing uh, like let's say I was playing like a guitar hero or something right okay okay <laughs> it'd probably be a little bit harder for me to focus <laughs> on hitting the notes while, while looking over and talking the chat uh, so game choice is obviously a part of it um, maybe you know, me doing a lot of Pokemon stuff. That that's obviously turn based combat. That's that's something where mm. I don't have to have the pinpoint accuracy. Nice. Yeah, right. Yeah. That that's the thing. You know, a lot of these people they try to make it as like a big Fortnite player or Apex Legends streamer or something like that. And the problem with those shooters is it requires a lot of your attention. True. Because as soon as you look away, you're done. You're, you're at risk. <laughs> you're at risk of dying. Yeah. Or getting or getting embarrassed because the chat's going to eat you alive. They're like, man, right, you exactly. Suck, man, why right, did so you? Oh, there, there, <laughs> there's more on the line when you do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's just been something I had to work on over time. I mean, back at the beginning, even back at the beginning when I was playing something slower i was probably still getting too focused on the game here and there so i just had to realize that at the end of the day the most important person in the channel there the per- most important person that's on that that's in the, the environment it's mm-hmm. not me it's the mm. people that are coming to watch they're they're the reason why i'm doing this i'm not doing this for myself i'm doing this for the people that are being entertained by me Mm. Well, so let me ask you this as, you know, I've asked that question. Like, I like that. I like that mentality. But then you'll always, you know, like we're talking about getting stuck in boxes and stuff. So where does it become where, you know, when you've heard this opposite thing where they say, do create what you want to, you know, create, do what you want to do and, and and don't, you know, cause you might get going on something and then, and that's for the people watching or listening and they really enjoy that. You might want to try something else. And then it's like, nope, you, you know, you're going to lose numbers, like mm-hmm. the numbers of streaming, podcasting, YouTube, all that, the numbers of life, money, bank accounts, you know, all this stuff, numbers. Uh, when it comes to that, man, let me ask you that too where where has it been the hardest to kind of not look at the numbers like you said there's gonna be times in those first couple of streams where you're gonna have a big fat donut you know and you're gonna have to bring it you can't just be sitting there like you know you have to practice at least holding up those conversations giving that commentary whatever just kind of getting comfortable in that environment how do you separate yourself from the numbers and everything like associated with them it's definitely a fine line to cross because on one hand, you don't want to worry about the numbers. You just want to worry about putting out a good show for people. Right. But the other, on the other hand, you know, you, you do kind of want to worry about the numbers at the same time because it's <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> well, it, it, it might, is what I'm doing actually like helping us progress in, in a sense? Do we do we are we even worried about that? Like, if if you look at uh, like if you go to your analytics and you're looking at trends, you say, oh, maybe this this thing statistically was bringing in the most number of people do i want to focus on on that do i want mm. to try to get more people into here for the community's sake or do you just want to do this other thing that maybe will 
be more entertaining for right. the, the core group you already got, but it's not necessarily going to attract new people, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I do think there is a balance there. You can do a little bit of both, focusing on both. Because mm-hmm. if you go all in on one specific thing, you're not necessarily going to, you're not necessarily going to excel, you know? Yeah. Even, even if you're like a business owner, for example, sure, you it would love just to have these big sales going on all the time, right? Like right. If, if you're a shop owner, you'd love to have these big sales going on. You'd love to be giving people the best <laughs> best prices all the time. All the time. But at the end of the day, if you're a business, that's not necessarily profitable. You got to worry about the numbers a little bit at least, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a balancing act, man. It really is. And I've seen like I've seen and I've had the encounter of when I started. Because I think it was like last winter, I really tried to heavily take on streaming for what I could. And then, you know, then I decided it was probably the best move to focus on the podcast. And then we'll come back to this. There's a timing for everything. Mm -hmm. Just because you have an idea and a drive to do something and it may not be working out, just don't don't give up. Just put it on the shelf for a moment and take that energy and attention, put it somewhere else, you know? Mm -hmm. And just go, hey, we'll come back to that, you know? Like, you probably have been really wanting to focus on YouTube for a long time, but, you know, it's just you had to pick one or the other. Because if you were trying to do both, you were going to get burnt out quick, man. It, it's mm-hmm. so easy to do in this kind of – in just life in general where you're just trying to do 100% in every area of your life. You, you can't do it. I can't do it. No one can do it. It's just not – if you can, you're probably a robot. And even then, they need to have some kind of charge <laughs> up. So, um, But yeah, like the, the number – I've seen where streamers associate their self-worth with those numbers like oh nobody's watching my streams i must not be entertaining i must not have a good personality i must you know how have you what's your advice for other streamers or other people who are gonna start out and gonna hit those plateaus of like yeah not everybody's gonna be popping in or downloading or clicking or whatever what helped you get through that period the the thing that i had to always keep in mind is the fact that uh, all these people that are coming to chat, you know, not to, not to say the obvious, but they're they're real people. Yeah. They have their own lives. You know, sometimes, sometimes they get busy. Sometimes people just lose interest, even if they're consistently, inter- even though they consistently like what you're doing. Right. Sometimes you want to change it up a little bit. Sometimes you go watch someone else. So whenever you run into one of those points where, you know, maybe maybe after a good streak, you, you're no longer having the good streak. You're not having the good fortune. You can't let it get to you too much. Um, obviously, you may want to look into okay, why is that? Was it did I change something on my end that caused the dip, or is it just is it just a slow day? You know, mm, right? So right. you can't you can't let little little bumps like that affect you too much. But yeah. you definitely want to keep in mind if, if it's an ongoing trend. If they, if it is a trend, you know, obviously you want to then go back into like self reflection mode and go okay, mm-hmm. what what did I change around this time? that may have caused people to stop wanting to come back did i I say something did i did i change to a new game did i you know etc etc it could be multiple different things yeah no i totally agree man and i mean you know more than me but you know it's just like don't just play a game because it's trending Uh, Mm -hmm. people can tell when you're not enjoying it you know so make sure that you're playing games that you enjoy because if you do so happen to get trapped into one game at least it's something that you like you know you probably get burned out like anybody else you know we all get kind of bored of the same drive to work and the same this and that and we all like a little change a little shout out to smash mouth but i'm just saying you know it 
it's okay to change things up, but like you said, like be honest with yourself. Surround yourself with people that know you and can be honest with you and you can it, criticism's a great thing. You know, you got to you got to distinguish the difference between what's criticism cuz that can help you grow and that can help you improve and what's just like you know, hey, you know, you suck. You know, just someone right, trying to put right. you down or someone trying to gas you up and, and they're just trying to be a good friend. Nobody wants to be that that guy or girl who's like, yeah, that's a really good song there, Jimmy. Thanks. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, because it, when when anybody puts themselves out there, you know, they that's a that takes a lot of courage and you 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 get a lot back uh, i'm sure you can vouch for that just the connections that you've made the the things that you've done that you probably never thought you could do mm-hmm. um but you also make yourself vulnerable and um you know it's it, it, it's really hard to not associate yourself to certain things like how many followers you have on social media how many people are watching your stream what are your average views what are these but they are important it's just like keep track of your bank account don't go broke, mm-hmm. but but don't. It's not all about the money, and it's not all about the numbers. And if you just enjoy what you do, and you do it consistently, and you improve, you're gonna get better, and you're gonna see the numbers and the results that you're looking for. You know, right? Exactly. It, it's a journey, man. It's definitely it's a long journey. You can vouch for that. You said you've been doing streaming since what 2016. Uh, Around that time, on my current channel, if I went all the way back to the first time Uh-oh. I ever hit a go yeah. live button, yeah, when was that? That would have been 2014. Oh, 2014. my gosh, man! So, like I said, it's taken a lot of years to get where I'm at. Yeah. Now, what are some of the biggest changes in that world since when you first went live and where they are now? Like, what are some of the the things that you are? Um, most impressed by and most worried about you know moving forward are there some things that you would you want to change about i guess the culture just the way of streaming because content creation man all of it it it's a lot of energy and work and uh and there's uh you know even for the people viewing or listening they only have so many hours in their day Mm -hmm. and there's so many there's so much out there so many shows to watch games to play books to read you know, people to see things to do right you know? <laughs> so like how, how how do you feel about just uh, telling people ah, i lost my train of thought man but i'll, I'll edit that right. part out because yeah. i was like i was on the way but we'll bring it back all right i got you i got you i'm gonna write that in the top <laughs> sorry man that's uh, uh, all good uh, i know yeah. i know that feeling all too well <laughs> yeah <it's a> <laughs> brain part alright um, I don't even know where we were at man uh, if you just want to say something or I'll say something here in a second and we'll, we'll pick back up I've yeah, yeah so uh, <laughs> what, what I'll say is like over over the years the way uh, streaming has kind of evolved is uh, I think the big one is just the saturation there are so many more people these days that are trying to make it yes and yes. there's just I hate to be the the pessimistic kind of person, but there's just not enough people out there that are willing to watch that to support yeah. everybody making it. You know, yeah. That, obviously, you can't have like tens of thousands of ninjas because no, then no. if everybody's ninja, there ain't no ninja. <laughs> yeah, that's so, the point. People got to remind themselves about that. Yeah. So, like, l- long gone are the days of like the end, like the the around the end of Justin TV and the beginning of Twitch, where if you were just like really good at a game and you went live, people would notice that and start flocking to you. That doesn't really happen anymore. Like even if you're ranked number one in the world at something, 
That doesn't yeah. necessarily mean people are going to come and watch, especially if you're not that entertaining or you have that good of production quality. Right, right. So like nowadays, to to really make it as a like a in the streaming world or the content creation in general when it comes to podcasts and videos, like a lot of it now is networking, getting mm. those connections established. Yes, uh, it's not necessarily who you know, but if if you start to develop your own little core group of people that will enjoy your content and will help you better yourself by giving you good feedback and you to them as well. Right. Uh, it helps go a long, long way to standing up above that, that crowd of so many people who are just kind of treading water and not really going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, man. I mean, and I, I back you a hundred percent on that. It's just, it's just the reality of the situation. Um, and you know, it's a thing that's tough already, but like with things like YouTube, how do you feel about like, you know, you, you, you reference the beginning of these streaming days and, and content creation days, right? I mean, there's always been entertainment out there, but now it's been like where you, I, anyone can really become an entertainer. And if they're good at it, you'll, you'll find out real quick. But, you know, I, I heard Jack Septica talking about, you know, just censorship with YouTube, like how it used to be. You could just play whatever you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as long as you were entertaining and having fun, you know, you would get the views. You would get the, you know, all that. Now it's like, no, you have to play Fortnite. You have to play Minecraft. You have to play certain games. And like I worried about it with Assassin's Creed, like Assassin being in the title. I know how YouTube has been kind of swerving around certain key terms and things like that. And I'm like, oh, man, I didn't even think about that. But, you know, as these big businesses take a lot of these creators' works, like, have you ever been worried about that? Like, uh, I wish it wasn't like that. But it's sadly, that's just how it is with ads and, you know, stuff like all that. You know, what's your opinion on that? For my own content specifically, I've not been as worried because it uh, generally my YouTube content is all very based around Pokemon and Nintendo stuff, and that's true. typically labeled as more fr- family-friendly, probably more appropriate for advertisers. Uh, but I definitely do get the sentiment. I definitely get the idea that, you know, if you're playing some of the violence or any kind of killing in it, 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 it's a big turnoff for YouTube to get you get you where you need to go because a lot right. a lot of youtube uh, on a uh, you know not like the, the streaming platforms is algorithm based a lot of it is uh getting your search engine optimization in place and positioning yourself to have content that people are going to be looking for right um but like it like for example you, you were mentioning the assassin's creed stuff you know what if google just doesn't want to have anything leading to assassins be <laughs> a popular search term you know they, right. they it's entirely within their power to just to do that. not recommend that kind of content to anybody no matter even if they're searching for it specifically you know mm-hmm. yeah so there's definitely there's definitely a lot of worry there um and I, I do think that if you know if that trend continues, people are just going to find another avenue. I know there there are platforms that try to compete with YouTube. It, it's hard because they don't have the resources that Google does, obviously. But right, you right. know, if push comes to, su- to shove, you know, people are going to find a different avenue to find the content that they want. Because if eventually, if a platform becomes just one singular type of content. That's not going to appeal to everybody, you know? Yeah, Those, I agree. There are always going to be outliers that are looking for something different. Yeah. No, that's and, – and that's why I like when I see streamers 
uh, podcast, doing it like in a doing something the same. Like you could have a movie podcast, but it's what you bring to it. You know, mm-hmm. there's like a, a handful of you know streamers that play the same game. There's a handful of podcasts that talk about the same things. You know, whether it's news video games movies just topics i mean there's only so much we're all drawing from the same toolbox so i mean you know you really can't say much for you know it's really hard to be you know standing out and all that but uh we all try and you you have to get started to kind of find that but yeah with with youtube and just how they they do their i don't know man it's kind of strange though it just kind of worries me because you have like PewDiePie playing Minecraft right now, and then I was like, "Dang, there's a lot of Minecraft stuff out there." But is that YouTube or is that just the algorithm? Is that him? Because kind of, I've always seen PewDiePie as someone who's kind of knows the game and he kind of jokes about the game. So he'll do mm-hmm. things almost like kind of like trollish, like, "Oh yeah, let me play Minecraft." And look, look, I, I'm, PewDiePie's playing Minecraft, so everybody's going to do it. And you're seeing that, and it's like, "Dang." You know, it's a lot of Minecraft, a lot of Fortnite still. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, it's it's strange. Are, do you see Fortnite ending anytime soon, dude? I mean, like, I hey, if you enjoy the game, I've said that plenty of times. Shout out to you. Enjoy it. <laughs> I played, I put a lot of time in it, but it's just not my cup of tea anymore. But um, it's definitely what's made streaming kind of uh, more... Um, popular to a a wider audience like you know because of the massive appeal of that game and free to play games and stuff like that but do you see fortnite you know continuing on into the next generation uh probably yeah probably it's it's so big that like (laughs) even if something catastrophic happened to it i don't see that all the people leaving it, you know, like yeah. I mean, even even to this day, we still got a lot of people that are playing or watching Minecraft. You know, like even though that hasn't really been that big, it hasn't been the the thing that's in the, the public conscience all that much. Mm-hmm. It's it's still quite quite popular. So right. uh, unless even even if whatever the next Minecraft or Fortnite thing comes out, I, I still think Fortnite will have its audience. Yeah, yeah. And plus, a kid just won $3 million. So I'm mm. sure like people are going to be like, all right, it's time to practice. We got to get that million. Right. Like, I, I don't even know if I can say we... I don't I, I don't even know if Fortnite's hit its peak yet. It, it might still be going up and up from here. What? Up. Really? I thought it... I kind of feel like it's already hit its peak. I, but... I thought so, too. But after the World Cup thing, you know, maybe that, that causes another resurgence. True, true. I, mean, I personally am no longer that interested in it, but... You know, more part of those that are. Right, right. And uh, um, before we move into Pokemon, and uh, we were about to hit the hour mark, so I want to make sure that we talk about Pokemon a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I want you to talk about what you do and uh, tell everybody how they can find you. And, yeah, we'll get to all of that. But um, do you ever feel pressure to stream a certain game because it is popular? Uh, And have you ever had to, you know fight that pressure off either within the chat or just like to yourself like dang everybody's streaming this you know it's not my game but you know i guess i'll try it Mm. or or anything like that with fortnite being so big was it ever like all right i gotta play fortnite uh somewhat yeah fully so the thing i like to do is whenever whenever people are trying to pressure me into playing a game or doing something that i'm maybe not necessarily willing to do fully uh, I'll, I'll try to make it a uh, an incentive, some sort of reward for some you. accomplishment. So, like maybe I'll say, "Hey, uh, if you want to watch me do a singing stream, 
Uh oh. Let, let's hit a let's hit a sub goal. Let's <laughs> hey, let's get a sub okay. goal. You know. <laughs> nice. let's, let's let's come together as a community to make this happen. You know. Definitely. So try try to make it a reward in a sense because if you're just like oh well this person over here wants me to play Fortnite I'll, I guess I'll just play Fortnite for the hell of it. No, maybe that's not what the majority of people want. Yeah, and maybe, maybe that's not what you want. But you're maybe that's like, not what you want. Maybe it's not yeah. what the majority of people want. Maybe you're just kind of putting a little damper in your channel temporarily to please that one person. Right. So, you know, mm. like I said, and if, if we make it a goal, if, if the people can come together, you know, voice their opinion in a sense to accomplish that goal, then it's worth it. Right, right. Oh man, it's crazy. It's it's just a it's a weird time, but it's an exciting time because I mean I I mean I graduated in about two thousand nine from high school, and even then I remember video games just then started to feel like they were about to hit mainstream. I knew mm-hmm. people that I went to school with, played sports with, or whatever that I knew didn't play games, but they owned a three sixty. They were playing sports games. They were playing mm-hmm. Call of Duty. And then it just, you know, here we are today. You can you can do this as a hobby. You can share these experiences. You can make a living. Uh, you can compete. It's cool. I love the I want to get into esports more and more. Like I've always said that since I've started Wonder Soul. Um and it's always been, you know, because what was going on this weekend or this week? Evo or something like the fighting tournament uh, kind of yeah, game? Yeah, I think Evo's going on. Cool, cool. I, I shout out to Dumb Fantasy Dinosaurs. I saw that they were watching that. Um, yeah, like it's just – it's cool. It's I, I, You know, I think that gaming has a bright future. But, you know, there's also – there's always going to be these things that we got to move around. Um but one of the cool bright futures is Pokemon because it's coming to the Switch, bro. Uh, and uh, I just want to ask you some Pokemon questions, bro. Okay. Uh, okay. And uh, some of these, most of these are going to be opinionated. So, you know, no right or wrong answer. Just I want to see what Looting Kyle likes. Uh, so we'll start off with some, some simple ones like uh, favorite Pokemon. My all-time favorite Pokemon is Snorlax. Mmm, Snorlax. I, I, like, I like to say that Snorlax is my spirit animal because we both <laughs> nice. have uh, a lot of similar features. We're both just big, lovable, <laughs> cuddly bears that like to just do our own thing sometimes. But if push comes to shove, we can get a little angry. Hey. <laughs> did you like him in Detective Pikachu? Did you like? Oh, the, I love, I love the yeah. little furry buddy. <laughs> yeah, I think they did a good job with that. They, and that came out this week, by the way. So if you yes. guys haven't seen Detective Pikachu. Uh, definitely go check it out. I liked it. What did you think about that real quick? Did it was you like- better than I was expecting. I mean, yeah, me too. I, there's a stigma that, oh, it's a video game movie. It's going to be bad. But I was like, right. no, this, this is actually a pretty okay movie. I mean, it's not <laughs> it's not cinematic masterpiece or anything like that. But it's like, <laughs> right. hey, if you just want to watch a kind of good vibe, friendly movie with realistic looking pokemon for two hours it will do that just fine and they left things open uh ended enough like that they can kind of set up this world with uh, with like training and battling and and that that actual adventure that we're familiar with from the games and the show so i'm excited man if they keep doing them um but yeah that's out right now you can catch that like a probably at a red box or if you want to go buy it i would like to buy it because it's a live action pokemon game that's crazy to me Mm -hmm. like i didn't think that was ever going to happen i enjoyed like uh the the mewtwo movie <laughs> i think it was what that was pokemon the movie right pokemon the movie yeah like the, the first or? movie was uh mewtwo mewtwo mew yeah yeah, yeah. and that and they kind of draw some you know story i won't go into spoiler territory but they they drew some stuff from that movie <laughs> you know oh yeah uh, there if you saw that movie you will recognize some references in detective pikachu hell yeah hell yeah now what's your least favorite pokemon now hold up oh. that's that's very popular that you know a lot of people like 
a Pokemon that's popular that yeah, I don't Yeah, you're like, like ah, why does everybody like Charizard, man? I don't uh, get it. <laughs> <laughs> While I will admit Charizard is a bit overrated, I, I do like Charizard still. <laughs> some, oh. people are, some people are like, oh, Charizard's the greatest of all time. It's like, no, he's all right. He's all right. But no, um, my answer is... I I actually don't care for Pikachu that much. Really? I, I don't hate Pikachu, but I'm just kind of like, it's all right. He's all right. It's fine. What about Pichu or Raichu? Do you I think? love Pichu and Raichu. Yeah. But They're Pikachu, my boys. He, just, <laughs> he got overplayed. I, I actually absolutely love the Alolan form of Raichu with its fascination for pancakes and its like floating <laughs> tail and stuff. That It's adorable. Oh, man. But just regular Pichu on its own. Uh, not Pichu. Uh, regular Pikachu. I'm just like, eh. Yeah. Eh, yeah. Eh, yeah. You know who I like? Uh, I like Alakazam for some reason. There's some Pokemon that I just like off their look. Like, just their look alone. Like, I don't even like their, their abilities or anything. I think that came from, like, the, the cards and collecting those and mm-hmm. playing with those. Uh, um, like, if uh, if I had to pick an original starter, because I, I don't know about you. I, well, no, I, I do. You have gone way beyond where I am in the knowledge of my Pokedex, bro. Like, <laughs> I am, like, pretty fluent with my one uh, one through 150 or 151, right? Because Mew's 151? Yeah. 151. Okay, okay. So I'm, I'm good there. And even into, like, the gold and silver era of things, but... Let's just let's try to keep it at the, the the beginning, I guess. We'll keep it retro. For uh, for your top three starters, I, could you rank those for me, like from like least favorite to favorite? So the Squirtle, the Charmander, and the Bulbasaur. Ooh, okay. Uh, rank in the original three starters. Yes, yes. I would say my least favorite is probably Squirtle. Mm. Even though he was my original, pick. <laughs> I was about to say it all came back around. <laughs> no, no shade to Squirrel fans. He, he's a cute boy, but he's probably the, the least likely one for me to actually pick up right. myself. Right, right. Uh, number two, I would say is Charmander. And wow, Bulbasaur is my favorite. Me too, dude. That's I was not expecting that answer, man. I mean, I, I I know what you just said about Charizard. I think that's because that was the most expensive card back when it first right. started. It's like, oh <laughs> man, this forty dollars, sixty dollars Charizard holographic card. It's like, oh man. And plus, he's a dragon. Everybody likes dragons for the most part, you know. I mean, yeah, Charizard just has all the makings of a well-liked design. I was thinking, oh, he's a cool lizard. So he's gonna, you know, he's gonna appeal to all the boys, and yeah, yeah. And then he evolves into a dragon. You know, what's not to like about a dragon? A fire-breathing <laughs> dragon. So true. What's makes your sense. What's your least favorite uh, starters from any of the games? Um, like what generation of starters are the ones that you're like, mm, nah, the, that was lazy. The one I probably like the least, and yeah. I'm not even sure why this is the case, but it's probably <laughs> Turtwig from the, the Diamond Pro games. Really? Okay. And it, it's kind of weird that I say that, because I just said that Bulbasaur is one of my favorites, and he's like a <laughs> he's a grass reptile kind of Pokemon, yeah. and then there's Turtwig, who is also a grass reptile. Oh, I don't know. Man. I guess he just feels like a, a knockoff Bulbasaur to me. Yeah. I, I mean, and that's the thing when it came to Pokemon. It felt like as the generations went on, they kind of were like... Oh yeah, your pencil's a Pokemon now. Hey, look, you know, <laughs> I just started looking around when they were drawing and just like, hey, that bottle of water—that's a Pokemon now. Let's make one. Uh, do you like the new starters from Sword and Shield? Oh, I love the new starters from Sword and Shield. I, I think all three of them are fantastic designs. Nice, nice, nice. Now, uh, do you want to? Have you already mentioned which one you're going to pick? Or are you trying to keep that kind of hush hush? Uh, right or? now, I am on hashtag Team Sobble. 
Ooh, okay, all right. I'm, I'm leaning towards the water starter. Okay, well, everybody listening, you guys let us know who <laughs> your uh, starter is going to be in Sword and Shield. Uh, by the way, which one are you picking up? Are you going to get them both, or...? I was originally leaning towards Sword, and I, I still have not made a final decision, but as more and more information is slowly getting out, like, uh-huh. oh, this Pokemon is going to be exclusive to the Shield uh-huh. version, I'm kind of like, oh, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dude. Obviously, I, I have until November to make a final decision, so... Yeah, true, true. I mean, I think that's been their best like marketing strategy ever, is just like to go, hey... We're giving you the same game pretty much, but they're they're different here and a little bit there. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be if I have a switch by November, which that's that's the goal, that's the plan. Uh, I've been beating myself up because I don't have one, and I'm missing out on all these great titles, man. I'm I'm I can't do it any longer, man. There'll be so much to catch up on when you finally get it. But like I'm thinking like November, okay, maybe even Black Friday, I might go be you know grab some stuff for a little bit cheaper. yeah, I'm definitely going to be picking up Shield, though. I don't know. Something about Shield. The the Pokemon on the front, the Shield Pokemon, I don't know his name, but he just, I don't know, he looks cool. The The, the sword one just looks like he's holding a sword in his mouth. <laughs> so did he grow that? I mean, like, it, Pokemon, It is, it is a little weird whenever some Pokemon designs are like, this Pokemon just has a random inanimate object. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, was it born with that with sword? That? Did it exactly. find the sword? If it found the sword, who made the sword? It's <laughs> <laughs> it's a little confusing sometimes, and there's there's multiple Pokemon designs that have that kind of feature. Uh, I don't know, it's, like, it's, it's magic, I guess. Yeah, like well, they do sometimes provide some depth, like Cubone, right? Isn't Cubone like hit the <laughs> skull that he wears as his mother's or yeah, something? So technically speaking, uh, Cubone gets its skull from its dead mother. But then it's also a little weird because technically speaking, in the games <laughs> you can have a you can have a Marowak and you can breed it to get an egg, but then it hatches into a Cubone of a skull. But you still have the Marowak, so the mother didn't die. Huh. And it's like oh, this is kind of weird. What? And then there's also the fact that uh, in the games, whenever you get a, a Kangaskhan and it hatches from an egg, it, it's born with a baby in its pouch already. So it's like, where did that baby what? come from? It just hatched what? from an egg. <laughs> Um, I, I had the sort of the same conversation with Devin Air on a Wonder Talk before uh, when we were talking about what it's like inside of a Pokeball. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think the evolution process is? You know, like do you think they just like because you see it in the show they just kind of turn bright and then they just boom they they transform or in the sh- in like the games it's usually just a dun. Dun, dun, and it kind of flashes over. Do you think it's like if it was real, Pokemon would have like this really like oh my gosh Wolfman experience where it's like oh no I'm evolving and just like you know like a horror movie kind of type thing. I've always thought about it, it that. probably would be because you know sometimes <laughs> sometimes when these Pokemon evolve they grow big, they grow additional limbs, and it's like that can't have been a comfortable experience to go no, through no, by no means. All. Yeah. Oh man. I don't know. Just a weird little thing. Just uh. Just like lavender. Was it Lavender Town? What's the town in the original game that had that spooky urban legend about yep. the the music? Was it Lavender Town? It, it was the uh, Lavender Town. The the like the urban legend or whatever that the yeah. people were, were like killing themselves after listening to the music in a certain oh. way or something. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure it was all fake. Yeah, I hope <laughs> it's so, so. It's one of those things where you're like, "Oh man, that's kind of messed up." Yeah, and the music they said, and the and the when you're when you get to that town, and well, the town, Lavender Town, it has like the 
it's like the Pokemon Cemetery. Yep. And so it already gives you this creepy vibe, and you go through this, like, tower and everything. Do you remember how you heard about that? Like, I, I've watched a YouTube video about, like, all these urban legends about all the cartoons that you grew up with. And it has all these, like, Ash was actually in, like, a, a coma, like, the whole time that he wasn't, he never left. Something about, like, the mm. day, you know, in the first episode where he gets, like, uh, he gets hurt or something? Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that one before. How, you have? Um, because like the way it kind of goes, well, there's there's a multiple theories. One is obviously he's in a coma after that injury, and so his entire experience with all the anime is just him in a coma having a dream. Oh my gosh, that's weird. Which, which is kind of one of the ways people are like, oh, that's why he's still ten years old after yeah. after twenty years. <laughs> he never ages. Yeah. Uh, another theory I heard, which is actually kind of interesting, is the fact that uh, in that first episode he sees the legendary Pokemon Ho Oh flying through the sky oh. and I believe one of Ho-Oh's Pokedex entries talks about how it can grant people wishes what so, so a lot of people are like maybe Ash somehow wished to remain, remain forever young and on a Pokemon adventure or something like that that one's a little hmm. bit more far-fetched, but it is interesting to think about. That is interesting. I mean, like, uh, when when I saw Pokemon uh, Detective Pikachu, and I saw Mewtwo, like, ex- like switching souls of humans and Pokemon, I'm like, dude, Pokemon, I didn't... <laughs> I knew that he was a psychic Pokemon, and psychic Pokemon are pretty OP uh, as far as their capabilities and stuff. But, like, doing stuff like that, I'm like... Dang, Pokemon have really gotten like weird, man. Like, I don't know about you, but like a friend at work was telling me about Ultrasonic. Like, I'm like Ultrasonic because I'm thinking about Ultra Instinct Goku, and he's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, Ultrasonic. Like, he he can like change the the atoms of like the environment and around him and all this stuff. I'm like, when did Sonic get that power and ability? <laughs> so, uh, you know, sometimes these Pokemon, it, it, like, what are they doing with the new ones? Like, I saw a Weezing that has like a top hat uh, and a mustache or something. What's what's right. that for? What's the, going on there? Yeah, so one of the newer things they've been doing in these games have been regional versions, which the thing that's kind of neat about that is it actually ties more into how real-life evolution works and how uh, you can place the same species of, of an animal in two completely different environments, and they'll actually adapt to it by like developing different kinds of fur coats Ooh. or different habits. And so that's kind of how it plays into it, how when you take one Pokemon and you put it in a completely different environment, it actually kind of turns into a almost a slight, completely different Pokemon. It's, mm. it's still technically the same, but different. So they've been doing that being like, oh, well, Pokemon and, well, th- like this Weezing in this environment has a different look and a different typing to it, for example. So it's 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 mm. tying into that, which is pretty neat. Yeah, I like that. And isn't this supposed to be set in like a London, Europe, like setting or something like that? Yep. The, the entire Galar region is based off of the United Kingdom. Nice. I'm excited for that, man. And and it looks like uh, the Pokemon in, in in the game, they're not just going to be like, you know, running through the grass. Like you're actually going to be out there in this world and these Pokemon are going to be roaming around. That, that, that was everything I've wanted from a Pokemon game, dude. Like mm-hmm. when I saw that clip, I was like, dude, this is going to be so immersive because it's going to probably give me this Pokemon meets breath of the wild vibe where it's just like now i'm actually out here in the world i'm not just like do 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 you know like wa- you know watching from a, like up top like in the old game boy games and just like you know you're actually going to be able to like avoid pokemon which 
that's going to be you know a time saver and then you're also going to be able to go oh look there's a you know a pidgey over there i'm going to go over there and grab it instead right. of just kind of by chance like think of all the time that we've all spent trying to like <laughs> walk through some grass in pokemon either trying to train or just find uh, a specific pokemon dude oh my god so many zubats <laughs> so oh in the caves oh my god what is um what is some of the most challenging um like Pokemon battles that you've experienced playing the games over the years? Like, is there any memories or any times that you're like, man, that was so frustrating. That was so difficult. Um, like, did you just breeze through the game? Cause it's like when we played Pokemon, it wasn't like, you know, how it is now where you can just watch YouTube videos or play through or walk through. We had to figure out all this stuff. Like, Oh, I got to talk to this guy. Oh, now mm-hmm. I got to drop this here. Like how long did it really take you to go through these games? Were they hard for you? You know, growing up, um, like I, 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 this is a loaded question. I'm just, yeah. but uh, you know, so I don't ever really remember struggling too much with the Pokemon games, and I mean, it, it is important to keep in mind that a lot of these were designed with children in mind, so it kind of makes sense. Um, because a, lo- a lot of times in these RPGs, you know, obviously if it's like, oh, well, you need to get this specific item to to advance through this part of the game, right. Pokemon hasn't had too much of that. There, there have been a, a select couple of times where it's like, you need to go get the specific HM to be able to serve or, or whatnot. So there have been cases of that, but I don't remember the struggles of going through that originally. Like, I, I'm trying to think back when I first played through Blue, and the fact that it's like, well, if you want to go surfing on water, you have to go into the Safari Zone and make it <laughs> to the end of, this, of the safe area and find this hidden house where you get, the guy gives it to you. I'm just trying to think about that. I'm like, how did I ever find that as a kid? I don't remember. Right? I don't remember ever struggling to find that. <laughs> and there's sometimes, like in a lot of games, there's backtracking. So it's like, oh, now I can go cut down this bush over here because now I have yeah. cut. You know, and like, yeah, it, it's it was it's definitely not one of those just like go this way, go that way. It, it, it's an open world. I mean, they kind of mm-hmm. give you the freedom of choice. They're like, hey, whatever you want to do. Yeah. So there was definitely more roadblocks in that sense for the older games, but I, w- I would say maybe ever since the the Game Boy Advance era—they've been a lot more streamlined, a lot less, a lot less of that backtracking, a lot less of the finding the hidden item, the progress kind of mechanics. Mm. Um, I want to ask you two more Pokemon questions, and then we're gonna wrap it up, man. Uh, I'm gonna give you a chance to tell everybody listening, you know, where they can find you and uh, what you got planned for the future and everything. But uh, I'm gonna test your knowledge. I'm gonna try to hit the anime. I'm gonna hit the uh, the game. And then I'm gonna hit the card game. Okay, sounds good. I'm gonna good. try to. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. Okay. Do you remember? And I have no none of these answers. Everybody listening and God, like I don't know. I'm just like <laughs> I want to see if you know. Uh, do you remember what Ash's first like full party was? His full first party uh, yeah. was it Pikachu, Pidgeotto. I think you're right so far. Uh, Bulbasaur, Charmander, Squirtle, and... Yeah, all the starters. Who is the sixth one? Who was uh, in there a Pokemon that Ash kept around with him in the Kanto region? Yeah, see? <laughs> um, I can't remember. I think you're absolutely right up to this point. Um, uh, did he catch a crab-like Pokemon or something? He did get a crabby but i don't remember him keeping it with him i, I think <laughs> just kind of like all right i'm gonna drop you off here <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, like, i'm just trying to think i was like i know he did get a muck 
I don't think he kept it with him. I, he also got a Snorlax, but I don't know if he kept that with him as well. A- Ash had a really bad habit of getting good Pokemon <laughs> and just being like, okay, off to the professor you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Ash, what are you doing? Did he evolve all the starters? Yeah, he had a Charizard. Cause uh, he was- ch- yeah, Charmander evolved into Charizard, but I'm pretty sure Bulbasaur and Squirtle never evolved. Oh, okay, okay. And then Misty, she had her Pokemon. She had, like, Psyduck. Uh, Star Starmie or Psyduck, Staryu, Starmie, Horsey, I think. Yeah, like all the water. Uh, and then we had Geodude and Onyx from like Brock and that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, you guys let us know if we're missing anything. I think that was the big chunk. I'm trying to think to the movie too because uh, I watched that recently and usually, you know, he lets all of his Pokemon hang out, you know. He's just like. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what his sixth <laughs> one was though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the life of me, I can't figure it out. I'm gonna like look after this and be like, "Oh, the course that was it. It's that one we always forget." <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Uh, okay, something from the the game. Okay, do you know what year Pokemon Red and Blue came out? The American versions. Yes, the American versions. Uh, 1998. I'm not sure because I don't know the. <laughs> but I think I think, I think the uh, the Japanese versions of Red and Green came out in '96. Ah, see, we're we're learning yeah. here because in Japan, I guess it wasn't Red and Blue; it was, it was Red and Green. It, it was kind of weird. So originally, it was Red and Green, and then they came out with the what we what we usually get is as a third version. They came out with Pokemon Blue. But then they took Pokemon Blue and translated it into English, and then they released that as Red and Blue. So it was kind of weird how that progression went. Huh. huh. Yeah, and that's why we got a Fire Red and then a Leaf Green instead of like a... Yeah, instead of, a, instead of an water blue. version of Blue, they went back to the Japanese versions for the yeah. remakes. Um, what else did I... Okay, this is just simple stuff, but just to kind of... You know, some people don't know this. What's Pokemon's name in... Jap- like in in Japan, like it's not called Pokemon over there, is it? Or is it still called Pokemon um, now? Because wasn't it some other name? It, it was originally Pocket Monsters. Yes, yes. And I don't know if they still refer to it as Pocket Monsters over there. I, I think they don't. I think Pokemon is overtaken as the, the the official name now. Right. But there was definitely a while where it was Pocket Monsters. Um. And let me see. Let me see. That that's really going to be it. There's not much about the cards, I guess. Like, do you want to mention? Do you remember any certain uh, cards that you had that you came across and collected over time that stood out? So, I don't remember where I got this, but I actually did have a <laughs> Japanese Lukia card from Ooh, from around one. the t- from around the time when the second Pokemon movie came out. But I don't I don't know where I got it. Like, how the hell would I have even got my hands on a Japanese <laughs> card? I don't know. I don't know. Some places would sell them, like comic book shops would. Maybe do that. it was a local card shop because we we did have a local card shop where you could buy packs and stuff. So maybe I got it there, but at the same time, I was like, I don't know why I would have got that one card instead of packs. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> foggy, there, foggy memories. I'll tell you though, uh, there are a couple things that I feel like I just have to mention, and I want to see if you remember these things. Uh, do you remember the Pokeballs from Burger King? Yes. Uh, that came with the, what, 24 karat gold, like, Pokemon card kind of thing, or... I don't remember the grade of the, the gold, but I do remember the, the gold cards, and there was, like, a, there was a Mewtwo, a Charizard, a Pikachu, and a Meowth. And a Togepi, I think, too. Togepi, yeah. Okay, yeah, Togepi. Yeah. Um, is there any other 
Pokemon toys things that you remember other than the games and stuff and the trading card game? So here, here's someone. Uh, <laughs> do you remember the uh, the the Welch's jam or jelly jars that had Pokemon on them? Uh-uh, uh-uh. They had these little glass jars and they had like Pikachu and Meowth on them. Oh. I don't, I don't know when they were selling them, but I do remember them existing because it was not that long ago that I still had a Meowth copy of one of those. You do? I don't okay. have it anymore, but I remember oh, somewhat no. recently having it. <laughs> I don't know what happened to it. It might have, it might have broke. Oh, man. There's so <laughs> much. It was Pokemon fever, bro. It was mm-hmm. just like everywhere. Everything had some kind of Pokemon something. I had a Pokemon birthday one time. Nice. Uh, you know, where my cake had like Ash with Pikachu behind him, kind of like the show. And Oh, man. I remember all that, dude. Uh, it's just... It was a fun thing that, you know, I, I also have to thank Pokemon for kind of bringing me into like anime and different things like that. Cause that was like the first Japanese cultural influence that I had growing mm-hmm. up, you know, that kind of introduced me to like, Oh snap, things are going on over there. Okay. You know, at this time I'm like a kid, like, gosh, I don't even know how, I don't even know how old I was at the time. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I do have... Oh, you know what? We'll just end it around here. But I will go ahead and tell you I looked up Ash's lineup. So do you want to hear that six Pokemon? I'll yes. give you one more chance. Do you want Ooh. to take one more guess? Give me give me a hint. Okay. It's a... Uh, oh, gosh. I want to give you... I'm going to give you the type in a way, but it's not going to give it away. I'm going to try not to. It, it can fly. It's a flying type Pokemon. So it has the ability to fly. Okay. Uh, I think anything else would have gave it away. Are you talking about Butterfree? Yes. I, I, did, <laughs> I didn't want to say Butterfree, though, because I thought he released it pretty early on. I It says, like, it, I, I found this page that said Ash's lineups through each region, and his Kanto team was Pikachu. He had a Caterpie that evolved, in, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so he had a Butterfree, a Pidgeot, a Bulbasaur, a Charizard, and a Squirtle. Mm-hmm. And then he had other ones like a, you know. It's I'm been muck. a long time since I watched that series, so maybe he had a, a full team of six before he released Butterfree, but it's hard. To, it's hard to say. And then there's like the Orange League, Orange Islands team. Yeah, I don't remember that, but that's where he had Snorlax, uh, Lapras, uh, Squirtle. <laughs> that's when he had a good team. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and then it, you know you guys can check it online to go through region to region. But uh, you guys, let us know if you had it right before I had to look it up because I completely forgot i was like butterfree mm-hmm. what caterpie um well man this has been an awesome episode man thank you for being on and geeking out about pokemon and just telling people about streaming and everything man i want to give you this opportunity though like uh as we wrap up to tell people uh what you're doing how to find you how to connect with you and uh whatever you uh, you know whoever and whatever else you want to plug man go for it Awesome. Uh, first off, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on. It's been it's been a pleasure. I had a great time just hanging out, talking some nerd stuff with you. Uh, if you want to check me out, you can definitely follow me on Twitter at LootingKyle. Uh, I'm also streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash LootingKyle and making weekly Pokemon content over on YouTube, uh, youtube.com forward slash LootingKyle. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of if you want to just kind of get the, the centralized version of all that, though, just follow me on Twitter. I'll, I'll be tweeting stuff out as, as they come out and all that. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, man, because I enjoy your streams, man. It's uh, I'm telling you guys, please go 
tune into one of Ludenkoff's streams, man. It's entertaining. It's fun. He's a positive, awesome dude. He will definitely interact with you. And, and that's something I got to say, man. You know, anytime someone pops up in the chat, you've you've done so good to just be social and still like not just do what I would do and just go, oh, oh snap, I forgot where I was at. What am I doing? <laughs> so definitely, guys, if you guys want to see some top tier streaming gameplay, this guy is welcoming friendly smart cool you'll have a good time i'm promising you and i hope to have you on again man especially with pokemon stuff and just whenever you want to get uh get on the show or be on the show uh yeah you just let me know and uh you guys let us know uh what you thought of this episode and uh till the next episode i guess we'll talk to you guys later thank you for listening to wonder soul connect with the podcast through social media Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Search Wondersoul. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, and review. You can find us on YouTube and Twitch. We appreciate your support. Wondersoul hopes you have yourself a good day.